2: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more.
0: This is
3: Talk Sport Daily.
0: Hello, happy Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Less than 24 hours to go to Christmas Day is how it works. Anyway... Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. It says in front of me, this is a special. It's not a special. It's just another podcast. Don't get too excited. You don't get any like free figurines, you know, like next week, free with the Talksport Podcast. Alan Brazil with miniature form. You don't get any of that. It's just a normal podcast. Anyway, in this podcast coming your way, we've got the reaction to last night's Carabao Cup quarterfinals. That's coming up in just a moment. But we start with the ever growing problems for Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. You'll hear from Carlton Cohen Pedichek on Talksport Breakfast, former Gunners midfielder Adrian Clark, Optus head of editorial. Oh, that sounds interesting. Rob Bateman, Simon the Moan Ranger Jordan. But first up, it's former Invincible Martin Keown. <laughs>
4: you wonder how toxic the dressing room is when there's a, a growing group of players that don't really take part but sit in the corner of the dressing room i wouldn't say that they were be sniggering but there's a there is an undercurrent surely there must be and the manager's got he's got to come out fighting he's got Huge games coming up over Christmas.
5: I look at those players, and I know I've made the observation that ultimately it's managers that get themselves sacked, but these group of players will get him sacked. I'm looking at their performances, I'm looking at what they're putting out on that pitch, and I think these players are cheating some of these players. I think they're cheating the club, and I think they're cheating their manager.
3: Now Foden makes a run, and he's clipped it past the goalkeeper, and in for a delicious third goal for Manchester City.
5: I look at the performance yesterday, and whilst Man City are Man City... Man City weren't at it, on it, across it. They were just there. It wasn't much of a performance from Man City. They just took advantage of how tepid and poor Arsenal were. You've got to look at also who's got in the change room, who's the most influential person in that change room. I think for me, it's David Luiz. David Luiz has got to be his voice in the change room. He's got to have Arteta's back in the change room and try and um, implement his style on the players. Because I know he, he can... Guide this team out of what what they're going through right now, and I think David Luiz has got a big part to
1: play
2: in that. Three percent against Burnley, and you lose. 7% against the Spurs and you lose. There is something else part of that. It's not just the performance on the something else that has to
6: go our way. I think he was basically using statistics like a drunken man uses a lamppost, uh, you know, the support, <laughs> yeah. not elimination. He was sort of clutching at straws, as you said, looking at some numbers which, as I say, if you average them out, probably suggest that, you know, they, they wouldn't have lost as many games as they have done and they could have done better in certain matches. But, uh, you know, he, he's not, really using them with the right context I think it's hard for a, any manager when, when the results are not going your way and then you try to change the team and um, the club or the philosophy of football when you start to change a little bit then it needs a bit of time and, and as well you need to implement that faster and to have everybody uh, you know, believe in it you need some results as well
3: Runison surely can't see anything oh can't see a thing. Not a chance. There's an Arsenal player down behind the wall. Fernandinho leaves it. Murray's and It's through the goalkeeper and in. It's turned
4: into a crisis. No, I don't see that Arsenal will go down, but you're going to have to start fighting because you're now coming up against teams if you're playing the likes of Brighton, West Bromwich Albion, Palace, Newcastle, they'll all be scrapping for points. Now, in the past, Arsenal were technically better than these teams, but if they turn it into a scrap, Arsenal aren't going to win these games.
0: Now, if on the back of those games, results are still bad, then you come to that crossroads moment where where tough decisions might have to be made. But let's give Michael Arteta a chance for, for, to, to turn things around now. He's a he's a rookie guy who's, who's never been in this position. Arsenal knew that there would be a bump in the road. They've got to give him the chance to, to show that he can get Arsenal out of this hole. The
4: transfer window coming up can be no more mistakes. Pepe's wandering around. doesn't seem as if he's really interested.
0: Williams on
4: holiday. You're going to have to bring this group together. He's got to pick the players that he can rely upon, the senior players and then a bolt young kids onto that. With players that they can pick up the, the right sorts of habits at the moment, the club just feels like it's in free fall.
0: Time now to head over to my show, the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. Without me, Andy Goldstein, it was Jason Cundy and Perry Groves. They had your reaction to last night's Cowboy Cup games, which saw, now of course I'm recording this, as the Tottenham one is still happening. At the moment it's one all between Stoke and Spurs. I'm going to guess that Spurs win that 2-1, that's my guess. And uh, reaction to that, and United beating Everton 3-1. So good luck with that.
3: Rashford now will break, and Martial through behind Davis to finish it, slips it underneath Olsen, and into the net, and it's 2-0. I've
1: got to say, the, the group is in good spirits at the moment so the, the big thing when you're at Man United it's, is that you're a family you're together you're united and it's always team before I
3: Here's Cavani, might not need it if he can get a goal. Left footed edge of the area, shoots towards the far corner. He has got a goal in the 88th minute of the game and that could send Manchester United into the semi-finals.
1: He's brought a lot, of course, his experience. and He's been through the a, a fantastic career. He, he brings good habits. Everyone sees the way he prepares. Now he's worked really hard to get back from an injury. He brings clever movement he brings presence in the box and most important he brings goals uh, there's a
3: problem here for Yerry mina uh, no one on this occasion could have punched him in the face surely
5: it was not oh Ooh. hold on someone did edinson cavani
7: you see now the links the hands face space that we're, we're now living under just stick your fingers in someone's mouth during these times, time. it's it really is very bizarre, and I expect there to be a re- some retrospective action of some description. But because it's so unprecedented, it will be. Th- th- I think it'll be three. It feels like a three-game ban, yeah. doesn't it?
3: Let's talk about uh, Boxing Day because it's third against second in the Premier League. 1230. Uh, twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Nice. Again. You're all right with the twelve thirty. You're okay with that? Or not, not really. Okay.
1: No, it's, I can't believe why we're there now again on a we- after a Wednesday night. I, it's just. Absolutely no sense in it. But then again, we've won tonight and we will sh- we should have energy. We've made a few changes. I've, of course, if quite a few of these we'll have to play because there's injuries and niggles. But um, we're looking forward to it, of course. A big game.
7: So the draw for the Carabao Cup semi-final is been drawn now. Manchester United are at home. It is Manchester oh, City. there you go. It's a Manchester derby.
2: Harry Maguire picks the ball up in his own area, yeah? Yep. And he runs...
7: Oh, no. what's, what's happened, what's Jeff? What's, what's happened there? He's thrown the phone down. <laughs> He's so disgusting. <laughs> Aaron Maguire runs <laughs> 16. He just logged the gone dead. We're trying to get him up now. Go on, there, there we go. Jeff, what happened? He runs 65 <laughs> yards with
2: the ball. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah on. no one even goes near him. I can't believe what I watched there tonight. The Spaceman United, that was unreal, mate. Yeah, I know you're hurting... Joe. team. Do you know what, mate? We won't even finish in the top ten. We haven't won the trophy for 27 years. You didn't even look interested. The last performance I've seen like that was against Liverpool under-18s in the FA Cup. Everton first team when we got beat 1-0. And Marco Silva got sacked for that.
3: Through for Harry Kane. Kane from a tight angle. Majestically finished. And Stoke has surely finished off as well. Harry Kane with the goal.
6: We knew Spurs would come with a strong team and you know, we're a championship side at this minute in time so we've players who've never played against the likes of you know, Bale, Kane Son came on, Dele Alli. it's an indication of the quality of the opposition
3: And now Stoke can bring it forward and all of a sudden they've got bodies in the middle it's flashed across the face of goal and put it in it's 1-1 out of absolutely nothing.
0: It's something that I keep saying to, to the same players for a uh, Many, many months uh, You have to kill actions Be objective And play fast And when you have uh, these sloppy actions And you try to be clever in the end You are clever for the opponent He's
7: his kicking block, isn't he, is And Deli Alli is a player who flicks And he, he likes to gl- When he's confident yeah, yeah. That's how he That's plays his game, yeah. right? He's trying a bit too hard now Because when you're like that And you know the manager is on your case And doesn't fancy you mm. You tense up a little bit And you don't play free For all parties concerned It's better if he gets a low move. We want Brentford at home, don't we? No, they're away. Spurs are at home. So it's a London derby and a Manchester derby.
0: Now, Newcastle missed out on the chance to progress to the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup after Brentford knocked them out of the competition. Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, said it was a missed opportunity for Steve Bruce to silence his critics. And the Mail's man in the North East, Craig Hope, said that the Geordie faithful want their side to lose to expose Steve Bruce. Surely not.
5: Every week he seems to say something which antagonises supporters, and it's just got to a point now where a lot of fans do. T- this is something I, would, I never thought I would say about Newcastle fans because now I live up here and I'm immersed in them. My friends, my family are. Some Newcastle fans actually want the team to to get beat now, just to just to expose exactly what what they believe is is going on right now at the football club.
3: Gives the ball to the edge of the area. Josh De Silva makes it first time on the edge of the area and volleys the ball past Carl Darlow and volleys Brentford into the lead.
5: Steve uh, Steve. Talked about having supporters back in the stadium and being desperate for that. And I get that. I also think that could be very dangerous because the motivation for a lot of supporters at the moment is just to be back in the stadium to voice the displeasure, really.
0: The big problem at Newcastle fans, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong is the style in which they're playing. They're not happy with Steve Bruce. Now, people are blaming Steve Bruce, and I get there's a problem because of his affiliation with Sunderland, but, you know, he's a Newcastle fan. They're blaming him. They're blaming... Some people blame Rafa, some people... Personally, I think the blame is on the person that owns the club because he chooses the direction in which they want
6: to go. A lot of the blame is to do with Rafa, which, you know, who brought these players in? Yes, it was Rafa. He set us up to be really defensive. And then, you know, I was going to go on a tirade about that, but you know what, I can't even do it. Like, it's not Rafa. It's clearly Steve Bruce. The problem is Steve Bruce.
5: I'm a huge admirer of Steve's and, and I'm very pleased that he's got the opportunity that he always wanted was a Newcastle's job. But one of the things that he talked about at the outset was bringing something to this club and one of them being a cup. Now, I'm not for one second suggesting that Brentford need to be taken lightly. This was a huge opportunity for Newcastle to go past Brentford, get into a semi-final of the Cup. Now, I know that waiting in the semi-final of the Cup might have been Man United, might have been Man City, might have been Tottenham, might have been Everton, and it might have been the end in a semi-final. But this was an opportunity to arrest some of the endless
0: criticism that Steve has. Now England defender Kieran Trippier has been banned for 10 weeks and fined £70,000 for breaching betting rules. The Atletico Madrid player, not Atletico, a lot of people say Atlas, no it's not A-T-H, it's A-T-L-E to Atletico, right? Anyway, he won't be able to participate in any football related activity until February the 28th next year. Myself and Coffee spoke about the issue on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show.
5: Whatever you, where you want to look at it, whether it's passing information... Because this is information, by the way, right. Andy. This is information. People are asking for information and say, right, if I'm going to bowl this or I yeah, can bowl Yeah, but ball th- that, they're going
0: to bowl that, they're doing it on purpose. That's, that's different yes. from supposedly telling your mate you're going to Spain, which is what we assume this could be.
5: Yeah, but there's loads of things uh, within sport, mate. And it's but how do you get around it then, you're a- By doing things here, like a 10-week ban and 70 grand fine. When you look further forward, if the next person does it, it might be... A 15 week ban and it might be an hundred grand fine Mm. that's the only way to stop it surely
7: he knows what the rules are i've never been a gambler myself uh, but i know that it is uh, a mental health problem or it can be and uh, maybe a bit of counseling and uh, a little bit of awareness and education uh, about gambling might have been uh, better served you know to, to get a player to to miss doing what he loves to do miss playing football Um, For that amount of time, it just seems really harsh when you see some of the punishments that the FA have given out for what I uh, think is a lot worse things. Um, But yeah, we know the rules about gambling and they'll be regretting that and I'm sure Simeone will be fuming.
0: Now tonight from 7pm, make sure you tune in to TalkSport where you will hear a very special documentary. Ray Wilkins' Our Dad. The story of the legendary Chelsea, Manchester United and England midfielder is told through the eyes of his children. Ross and Jade, along with those who knew him incredibly well.
7: And it's in, Ray Wilkins, with a magnificent strike.
0: I keep his smile because I always remember that that little fellow with that nice uh, smile and um, I really love him. It just made you feel at ease the, the, from the moment he walked through the door at Chelsea and he was forever like that throughout life, really. Ray
6: made everyone feel like, you know, we was the best person or most important person in the football club. Here's Wilkins now, what a shot that is! Oh, the goal!
3: Ray cared about everybody else in the team and wanted to get the best out of everybody else in the team, and um, you know that's a real special quality.
0: That's Ray Wilkins, our dad, tonight at seven pm on Talksport. Now, Chelsea boss Frank Lampard has been speaking to TalkSport ahead of their Boxing Day game with Arsenal. That's live on TalkSport. He's been telling Alex Crook he remembers how intense the rivalry with Arsenal was during his playing days.
6: When I joined at Chelsea, Arsenal had had the upper hand on us. Had won leagues, league titles before I came here. Um, and as we managed to change that tide a lot, there was obviously clear rivalry, as, as you would expect with London teams anyway. And I enjoyed that side of it. That's... As long as it's controlled and carried out in the right way, uh, which I think it was most of the time, um, so that, I think that rivalry remains. Um, my, my role now is different. I'm not on the pitch. The players have to play with passion, controlled passion, because that's what a derby brings.
5: You obviously scored the equaliser in 2004 in the Champions League quarter final when Wayne Bridge got the winner.
0: I'd a good Johnson. It's Bridge.
3: It's in. It's Chelsea's night. It's Wayne Bridge.
6: Was that a turning point for both clubs in some ways? I think the evening was. Um, when we got that result because it gave us a huge amount of belief. Um, At that time, we hadn't been able to beat Arsenal in my my first days at Chelsea. They were a really strong unit completely. had been built up for quite a few years under Arsene Wenger and we were changing until we were young. Um, And that night gave us a belief. Um, So it did certainly push us on at that point, but we're obviously at very different um, points, both of us now.
5: I spoke to Mateo Kovacic earlier. He said that in 2021... Chelsea have to win a trophy do you go along with that
6: it's always the aim it's always the aim it's just it's uh, it's always tough and it seemingly gets tougher and I think we're this year where we set out we wanted to improve and from last year it was a felt very much in house a, a big season for us in managing to qualify for Champions League football um, and again now we have different challenges and we're we're not far enough down the line to, to say whether we'll we'll make the challenges and who knows what the challenges are ahead so we'll see
0: and we finished the podcast with the best bits of Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar. Sadly, it wasn't a great show because I wasn't there. But Jason Cundy and Perry Gross were in
1: my seat, of. Have a listen.
7: There we go. Right, James. <laughs> what is it, All Kent? Right.
1: My worst movie of the year is called Bloodshot. It's a superhero movie starring Vin Diesel. Came out right before the pandemic started. It was the last movie that I saw in the theatres. It's about like getting injected with powerful blood that makes you all powerful. Oh, I've seen know? this.
7: It's absolute garbage. You've seen, garbage. It? You've seen it's, it. It's I've so seen bad. It. It's, it's on Netflix. Mm. Is this one that's on Netflix? As yes. Well. Yep. Oh, it's mm. absolute. Sh- it is rotten. Did he, Did you go to the Absol- end of it though? No, we, we didn't. No, we didn't watch it. It must it, be bad. No, yeah, they. They. Yeah, it's really <laughs> odd, isn't it? It's a really strange film, and I don't understand who came up with this idea and thought this will be a good film. It is garbage.
1: No. It feels like a movie that 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 was made ten years ago that somebody just found in a room and was like, "What is this?" Well, it's not any good, but somebody's going to watch it, and then they just released it. You know, it's what it, it looks like. It cost a hundred million dollars to make this movie, and it's just the worst, almost cliche, awful action superhero movie ever. You know, I mean, it's like just falling. It, it? Yeah. Bloodshot. Do you, do you know
7: what? I, I'm, I forgot about that. And, and in the end, my wife and I must have watched about, uh, I don't know, maybe a ha- half of it, Normally. maybe a little bit more. And we thought it's going to get better soon. It's one of those, you think something's got to get, it's got to improve. <laughs> and it, it doesn't. Worse. It doesn't improve. It's just, you think, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching this film and this is it. And didn't you, there's nothing didn't more to come. That's yeah. an hour of yeah. my yeah. life. Uh, I'm never uh, yeah, I'm so glad you put that I mean, that's an excellent <laughs> choice, kit.
0: Well, that's it for another podcasting thing. Let me remind you of live football coming your way before I go. Leicester against Manchester United. That's half past 12. That's on Saturday, Boxing Day. Live and exclusive to TalkSport. Half two, you can hear game day live with Adrian Durham. Half past five, oh, again, this is Chelsea against Arsenal. That's live and exclusive to TalkSport. 8pm, you can hear live commentary of Man City against Newcastle. Or, if you want, you can hear Sheffield United against Everton. That one's live on TalkSport 2. You can download the TalkSport app and listen to the games you want to hear. Uh, that's it. This is news to me that I'm reading out. That's my last podcast of the year. Really? We're not doing any more this year? I mean, there's a, there's a whole week left. How lazy is that? Wow, OK. Well, anyway, there are some brilliant specials on the channel next week, including that wonderful documentary about the great Ray Wilkins. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for downloading. I am back, by the way, on Drive later on today at 4pm, if you fancy tuning in. And then I'm back throughout the week. I think a couple of nights next week on the Sports Bar, and I'm doing some Drives as well. So, uh, maybe maybe check in. Say hello. In fact, you can follow me on Instagram if you want, AndyGolson05. I always put pictures up there of me doing stuff at work. That sounds wrong. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. And producer Tom, you know what you've got to do.
3: Right. Well, know that with that accent, which hasn't changed despite um, many, many years near the Caledonian Road.
0: <laughs> um... Nope. That's Ray Houghton's My Sporting knife. You've pressed the wrong button. Hit the other one. Excellent. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. It was
3: December 24th on Hollis the dark, when I seen a man chilling
2: only from rustolium